You are listening to Mr. Sisters. Hey guys, it's me, Shane. I'm here with Clint and Chris, and we are misters and we're kind of like sisters. And we are very excited to create a safe space where we get to talk about real things and real issues that are not only impacting our communities, but our allies too. We are three friends who come from different backgrounds and we are embarking on a journey to get to know each other on a deeper level. We are very excited for this new endeavor and we hope you are ready for a fun and bumpy ride filled with laughs, a little shade, joy, and definitely some tears. So grab your kitty, your dog, your man, your aunt, your bestie, and let's connect. Awesome. Oh my God, thank you so much for joining us again here on Mr. Sisters. We're so grateful to have you back. Uh, today we've got a lineup that is better than the rest. We've got a hot topic, Miss Marsha, 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 and we're going to talk about our real estate with our house in Virginia. But first, what's coming? Confessionals! <gasps> What's your confessional? Uh, so uh, last week my confessional was about how my dog was put down without uh, my knowledge. But my confessional this week is much more uplifting. Thank God. Because yeah. I this... wanted to slip my wrist last time. I imagine. So I have... <laughs> Don't be transabled. I have a new pastime that I discovered this last week. And it's called Pickleball. Oh. And what I really love about pickleball, for those who are not knowledgeable of said sport, is it's like a mix of tennis and maybe like ping pong ball, but like on a court. So you don't have a table. And I'm still learning the rules because the people I was playing with didn't know them. So there's a little bit of like self-taught stuff here, but it is my new passion I am going to quit my job and be a professional full-time pickleball player because, y'all, I was actually really good at it. Maybe you should learn the rules and you wouldn't be as good. No, I think because I don't know the rules, it makes me even better. Yeah, that's I'm true. I'm willing to take risks and anything is hit possible. my pickle in any direction I want. <laughs> I'll play with your balls. That's I bet. Sure. Mm-hmm. I can't wait I'll to try. see how this turns out. It's a good deal. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, my God. Well done. Well played. Yeah. Well played, so sir. that's my confessional this week is a lot more uplifting, and I have a new um, passion to pursue my my energies, and it's well, delicious. Great, get that aggression out. Mm. Love this. Yeah, good. Hopefully I like this. you win, and you don't find yourself in a pickle. Well, nothing. I got nothing. Like, well, I don't got my eyes for that. I'm having a ball with all of these jokes, yeah. but I'm really curious. Shane, what's your confessional? Yeah, Shane, what's your confessional? Yeah, definitely not about pickles. <laughs> um, Although you got one lit. Or a little no, bit so, okay. Uh, so my confessional I hope it wasn't is... pickles. <laughs> Are you going to let me do my confessional? Sorry, maybe. Okay. Thank you. It's just a little seedy, so though. So my confessional <laughs> is definitely, I don't know what it is lately, like this past week, but... I feel like the universe has been testing me, and I okay. think my confession is that I have passed with flying colors. 
because you sound great. Thank you. <laughs> I woke up this morning and felt like a frog was in my throat. Um, I'm doing much better now. I drank some herbal tea. It's kind of giving me hot flashes, giving me very it's menopause. It's not like the biblical plagues and stuff. <laughs> anyway, the test back to my confessional. Damn, this is my moment. Shit. Okay. So, again, I felt like there was this one instance where I went to this concert last Wednesday and I was standing in line to get a drink, and this guy cuts in front of me. And my first reaction internally was like, wow, he just cut in front of me. Like, you know, I want to say something. I was like, you know what? Not a big deal. Just, you know, you go right ahead. You get a drink. We're all here having a good time, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, then we get up to the bar, and he's like, I want to buy his drink. And I was like, what? And he goes, yeah, you were in front of me first. He was like, so I want to buy your drink. And I was like... Wow, like, that's really cool, like, because if I would have made a scene, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't, I don't think I, that would have happened, right? You know what I mean? But I feel like that was a universal way of saying, see, like, when you just take a chill pill and you give yourself grace, yeah. good things can come from that, right? I love that. Yeah. Yes. There are still good people yeah. in the world. And so listen to this. So then... I think it was Friday. I was going down. I was <laughs> so Friday. I was in the drive-through. I went through McDonald's to get me some breakfast burritos or whatever. I had to work this event, and there was this homeless guy, and he kept waving people down because he was hungry and he mm -hmm. wanted food. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, you know what? So I rolled down my window and I said, "What do you want to eat?" I was like, you know. So he's like, "I just need some food." So I was like, "All right, I'll get you some." I said, "Meet me out in the front of the window, and then I'll get you some food." So I pull up, I pay, I go up to the next one, and she hands me my food. And I said, well, I also got a, you know, a sausage sandwich as well. And she goes, oh, well, you didn't pay for it. And I said, okay, that's fine. She goes, you know what, actually, she goes, just pay it forward. She was like, here you go, it's on us. And so there, I didn't have to pay for that homeless guy's food. Like, so I feel like, again, it's a universal yeah. way of like, I'm testing you, and you are passing like you're being a good human you're being yeah. you know i love and this. i just felt like it was like wow it's like it really makes me um know that okay like you're in yeah. alignment you're mm -hmm. kind of like i'm in alignment the things. Yeah. yeah 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 so i thought it was really cool i don't know that's a great great confessional this week thank you almost, almost as good as me playing pickle almost as good as your pickles almost, almost. But almost we'll get there. Yeah. So mine actually kind of piggybacks or picklebacks off of yours. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I did, can't with you. I did it. I did it. I did something. Um, but I also have had the I had two instances where I got free food um, because I would like how. Oh. Now, I don't know why I'm saying this because I can't remember exactly which ones they were. Shake Shack. Before I went to the movies, um, they went and I ordered a uh, root beer float. But right as I was put, putting in the order, they said that the um, the milkshake machine or the custard machine was done. They didn't have mm. any more. Uh, of course, they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I was like, no, 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 it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'll just get the sandwich. And then the guy was like, you know what? Because of that... Well, I'm just going to go ahead and comp your meal. You don't have to pay for it. So I'd still ended up just giving them a $10 bill for their tips to be like, yeah, great. Thank you. Pay it forward type thing. But didn't have to that. pay for that. And then there was another time that it happened as well. And I got a completely free meal last week. And I was like, oh, my God. But I don't I can't remember now. My brain is fried. I didn't even smoke. Don't do drugs. I didn't even do drugs. I didn't do drugs. I didn't drink. Gone drinking. 
we should probably all fix our diet between pickles, McDonald's, and Shake Shack. <laughs> <You> know, we're <laughs> really, really hitting yeah. hard here. <laughs> um, but okay, so that yeah, that that kind of like piggybacks. But talking about, sorry, I just stabbed you with my nail. It's okay. <sighs> I really like your knees, though. They're very nice. Anyways, I um, had this opportunity with a job come up where it was potentially going to be more money. And I was like, yes, but then also take on a uh, promotion for my title as well. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, this is very in sync. <laughs> which one's Justin? Which one's JC? Anyways, oh, I'm definitely Justin. Yeah, I know you yeah. are. I know. You got the moves. Anyways, back to the story. The... Um, I had the first interview on Friday with them and I was really excited about it. And I've been like kind of debating, do I want to like, do I really want to leave my job? Do I want to do this and all this? And then I found out that the job was actually not going to pay. It was going to pay almost exactly maybe a little bit less than what I'm currently making in them really? for like three times the responsibilities. Oh, no. And I'm like, uh... So I found that out on Friday and then I went to bat for myself and I was like, hey, I'm just letting you know I am a... I'm a single uh, single person household. Mm -hmm. I don't have anyone else contributing right exactly. now. I've got to take care of myself. I can't live off of what you're offering. I need at least like 10000 more a year. Yeah. Right. Thing. So I fought for myself and I felt amazing with Good that. And she was you. like, I'm going to go back and talk to the board about this. But now I'm starting to realize like I'm supposed to have a conversation with her tomorrow. And I'm like, all the responsibilities are more than what I would eat, even at the asking price if I were to get that, which is very slim that I would You're like, the this. math is not mathing. Uh-uh. My value, again, <laughs> would not be matched yeah. monetarily, mm, and I don't know that I can do this. That. So while I've been um, contemplating if the, the pay raise is going to be more, like mm -hmm. actually going to be beneficial, um, all the work that I've been doing on Petri Dish Life and my life coaching and all of that stuff, yep. I've been putting in so much energy that feels every time I, I – because I work from like six to 10 usually every night before I go to bed after coming home from work mm -hmm. and I get this surge of energy and I'm just like, I feel creative. I feel like I'm doing something that's really proactive in my life. I love where this is going and I just start seeing all these possibilities and potentials for where I could actually bring my career to within the next six months. Easy. But if I were to switch over to this new job and get, um, do that whole more responsibility for a little bit more pay am i going to be reducing my chances of focusing on what all the work that i've been doing for my life coaching so this is my confession it's not so much a confession as it is an ask of like what would y'all do in my position would you stick with a job that doesn't pay as much but you know the you know the routine and then you can add on your life your your extra career side hustle and put more attention on that or would you switch to a new job that pays more but would be a lot more responsibility and potentially distract from everything mm -hmm. that I'm building with my career, my uh, other career? I, well, I, I, think, I think you have to ask yourself, what do you want long term? I want to be a life coach and I want to be a public speaker and I don't want to have to do transitional living so much. Yeah, and you want to have a box of chocolate yeah. flying around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, but seriously, Sorry, I think you no need way. to think... Boy, that's so like my childlike voice coming out. I think you need to think, you know, long-term and what you want and what makes you happy and what you feel passionate about, right? Money. Now, if... Money. Okay, money's great, right? Mm -hmm. But you could potentially go with a different company and then the grass isn't greener on the other side and you are doing a lot more and you're miserable on that, right? 
or you could stay at this new job and you could gain more skills and you could have a resume builder and then think, you know, say, okay, in a year, if I feel like I'm really not getting where I need to go, I'm going to be looking for something else and my resume is going to look better when I do it. So, I mean, it just depends on how you want to look at it. But if you're True. also saying, I want to get out of this corporate environment, I want to go more of my, you know, coaching and things like that because I have passion for it. I mean, do you, right? It's scary because you're like, if I go one way or the other, I'm making a choice. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? are always a little bit scary. Right. So, um, I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Clint? Well, I always go back to what my mother said whenever it comes to any type of like career advice. She always told me to follow my passions, not a paycheck. And that has continued to ring true for mm-hmm. me in my life. And I know you say that your motivator and your passion is money. That was a joke. <laughs> but uh, it's not. Yeah. I uh, mean, it is to an extent. Well, but like, it, that's it matters. Not money does matter. Money matters, Absolutely. yes. Especially um, when you're on your own and doing everything. Okay, good. No, I know you're boomers kidding. Era I know you're kidding. Okay. But that would be my two cents, is follow your, your passions on a paycheck. Yeah. But then really look at the people around you and people who have been through that and get their advice because there are folks that have gone both ways, right? There have been people who have followed passions and then ended up back in probably corporate America, unless there's someone who is really excited about corporate America. I don't know if that's anyone's passion. I'm not even in corporate America. I'm non-profit. Exactly. Okay, well, come on, guys. Maybe I should get into corporate America. Then there's the other two. I I mean, I feel very lucky that I... You're a star? Sorry. More of a moon. <laughs> moon rising. Oh. Sorry, it was though. my Britney reference for the night. Thank you. Well. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. I, I feel very fortunate that I found a career path that I'm also passionate about. Um, but I tell you, taking that leap, of course, like you said, is really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been so very rewarding. And... What was so shocking to me, though, as after I did it, how many people who are my new colleagues had the exact same experience, hmm. exact same experience. And that taught me that I'm not the only person in the world that feels this way. Yeah. There are a lot of us. And hearing their stories now, like, damn, I wish I had known you before I ever made this leap because it would have just put my mind and my soul at ease to do it. Yeah. But if your younger self, though, would you have listened? Good point. Or were you now ready to appreciate that because myself learned a few other things? Well, I I certainly am a lot wiser now in that experience has taught me a good deal. Mm -hmm. But I also know myself in the aspect that I am influenced a lot by um, mentors and the advice that they give. No, 100%. Yeah. Um, So I do think it would have impacted me. Um, Would I made the same decision? I'd like to think so. That's one of those things I'll never know. Nope. True. No going back. Yeah. On on an end note, though, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you need to follow your heart and what you feel is right. And you'll make the right decision. And the universe send me some tests. Exactly. Let the universe just work it out. Eat some ice cream. Play some pickleball. And play some pickleball. Mm-hmm. I'm mm. craving a pickle now. What? We're mm. all, I think we're all hungry because we keep talking about food. 
All right, next topic. Next topic. So up next, we have our hot topic, which is Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Tell me more. Okay. Sure, Jan. The other day, (laughs) you know, I was really just thinking about how... Mm-hmm. Okay, so I was talking to this girl the other day, or yesterday, actually, and I noticed she was very quiet, and she was kind of standoffish, kind of, right? I didn't take it in a mean, you know, a mean way, mm-hmm. but I was like, I wonder what makes her tick. And the words kept coming to me. I was never able to speak up. I was never able to have a voice. I was never able to have the, you know, the right to be myself, if you will. I don't know why that kind of went through my head. Okay. That's what and you so I was telling, I was telling one of her friends when we were talking, I was like, yeah, I feel like, you know... I feel like this is what I, I feel is coming. So we finally get a chance to talk one-on-one. And I she was talking. I said, can I interrupt you for a minute? And I said, were you never allowed to? She literally started crying. And was like, oh, my God, it's funny that you say that. Like, I never was able to speak my opinion. I was always judged. My parents always shut me down. They always make comments. Like, my mom does this. My dad does this. And she's a lesbian, I found out. And, you know, she is with her um, girlfriend. And, you know, they're happy. But she's just had a lot of these struggles. And so it was really just amazing to go on this moment with her. And, like, where were you? I was just at the bar. (laughs) We're doing Sunday fun day at the chapel. <laughs> yeah, but it just, it got me thinking like, you know, a lot of people are not seen. A lot of people aren't heard right now. A lot of people aren't valued right now. And I started thinking about a lot of people in this world are alone right now. A lot of people are struggling. You know, we are dealing with our brothers and sisters, like our drag community are being mm-hmm. attacked right now. Our mm-hmm. trans community are being attacked right now. And I feel like we need to band together more than ever and we need to get our ass to the polls when it is time. And I also thought about, you know, let's not forget that it was Marsha Johnson who threw the first brick at Stonewall that created the very foundation of what little rights we have till this day. It started a whole movement. So let's not forget that it was a drag queen that really initiated that and fought beside us when we needed it the most as gay men, as lesbians, you know? And I just feel like we all right now need to be a bunch of marshes and we need to raise a brick, not physically, I don't condone violence. Metaphorically, Metaphorically, yes. sorry, yes. yes. Let me get yes. my let me get my vocabulary. Like you I got went to it, school. You got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, like, <laughs> raise a brick up and throw it where it needs to be thrown right now because we really need each other and we need that support system. Yeah, no, that's great. And I, just to clarify, that is cast a vote, not throw a brick at anyone. However you want to look at it. <laughs> our votes are our bricks. Our votes are our bricks. Mm-hmm. Ugh, and not cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I just I don't know. Stronger than that. I'm like Stronger I just again like I just feel like a lot of people need to be seen, heard, and valued right now more than ever. And it really is a gift that keeps on giving and it's free. You know, so I don't understand why we can't give the world more gifts that are free. Well, okay, so I'm uh, color me the ignorant one because I've been lost in my own universe on this. So 
where do I go? What do I need to look out for? What are the bills that I'm trying to either vote in or <clears throat> destroy type thing? What, am, what, what is it that I need to be doing? Because I know there are other people like me that yeah. are consumed in their own universes right now that don't know what they should do or what they need to do, but they know that they need to do something. Does that make sense? Yeah, so here in Texas, Senate Bill 14 is a bill that would um, ban transgender health care for youth. Okay. Um, it is the Senate version of House Bill 1686, which is the bill um, that will be heard on the House floor tomorrow, Tuesday, May wow. 2nd. And as with um, most bills in a bicameral legislature, the best way... To get involved in that is to write or call your representatives. Okay. Um, and there are a number of websites that you can go to to search even who's my representative and it'll take you to the information that you need. There are also texting programs that you can use that will write letters for you. You just tell them, you know, almost kind of like a chat GP, like AI, AI type thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what you want it to say and you write that letter to your, your representative. But... These bills are just now hitting the uh, the floors of the um, the chambers, and really they're designed to be passed, but then immediately challenged in court um, by the ACLU and other organizations um, to make their way up to the Supreme Court. So the battle is really just beginning, and I think that's really important to note because if anyone thinks that we are losing the war we're not we may be losing some battles right now but people gotta wake up they have to go to the polls they have to protest um i mean there's so many ways to be politically active and to get involved in it and not throw bricks <laughs> um to be clear but the battles are just beginning the war is not yet lost and political engagement from our community is what's going to be necessary to take care of it. And the other piece of it is too, if you look back in history, and I use California as an example, you know, there was a bill for um, grooming for teachers back in, I wanna say the 70s, um, maybe in the 60s, I can't remember the specific bill, but it was a proposition that was supposed to be voted on um, by the state. And one of the reasons that it did not progress and didn't pass is because so many gays and lesbians came out of the closet to make sure that their family knew that they were part of the gay community. And that awareness, people knowing someone who is gay, mm -hmm. creates a completely different dynamic. And we're seeing that with the trans bills too. If you look at public polling, people who know someone who's trans overwhelmingly are supportive of their healthcare and their identity and they're against any of these anti-trans bills. You poll people who don't know anyone who's trans, and what do you think it is? They're highly supportive yeah. of anti-trans bills. Mm, yeah. So, they're talking anti about- They're anti-trans. They're anti-trans. Yeah. But talking about it and bringing awareness will create the allyship that we need in yeah. order to continue progressing the direction we need to, which is to battle down these bills. Right. Then. Yeah, because I don't, you guys, like, I woke up, like, the other morning, and, um, you know, with Dylan and the whole Bud Light thing, like, I, the comments mm -hmm. and the things that I was reading were just so disgusting, and it was so hatred. It was nothing but 
hate. Like, you're not just saying, oh, I'm uncomfortable with this. Yeah. You are literally bashing yeah. her and threatening her and death wishing her. And, I mean, it's just, I was disgusted with the comments. And I feel like another thing, again, we can do is, yeah, the polls. And, yeah, we can riot. We can do all these things, right? But... I think, again, if you're just out there... Well, I said protest, not riot. Protest. <laughs> protest. <laughs> to be clear. Siege on Capitol Hill, part <laughs> two. A light, <laughs> a light protest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but, <laughs> I mean, I just feel like we need to shut it down. Like, if you hear it, if you see it, like, do your part and say, hey, let me correct you on that. Yeah. You know? I think what you, Clint, what you were saying about like basically uh, personalizing it for someone and people that don't know anyone who's trans or maybe do, but the person is so afraid to say anything because they don't know how they're going to be accepted or mm -hmm. shunned or whatever it may be. Like re remembering that if you're looking at everyone as if they are a human, you're not looking at this giant big concept of trans. You're just looking at an individual basis of are you a human being? Do you have emotions? Do you have a level of respect that is deserved to be respected? Mm -hmm. um, and can you offer that to my back to myself? Like um, yesterday I went into the office for a few hours because we were, there was a queer prom held at one of the community colleges right of the campuses right next to where the office is. And I partnered with them so that they could have a dressing room for uh, any, uh, any people that wanted to go that didn't feel safe to get dressed at home. So opened up our doors to that and we had four trans um, young adults that came in to utilize the dressing rooms. And it was, each of them were very, very different, but also you could see that level of like insecurity when they walked in the door. And then as soon as they went and changed and put their makeup on and did everything, they just morphed into this amazing version of themselves that was so confident, that was so like, I like who I am and felt empowered by that. And me and my coworker, we just were there to, what are you gonna do? Have you ever been to prom? What's going on? What do you like to do? What, or uh, what movies do you like? We were just asking basic questions about their lives and then just getting to know them. And it was this really beautiful moment where even my coworker said, she was like, I almost started crying because I was so happy for them that they got to go to a prom and that we got to be there to let them get amped up for it and feel like they could be themselves Absolutely. with no space. And I'm like, yeah, this is what being a human should be. It's just letting a person be themselves and loving them for that, yeah. embracing them. It doesn't put, it didn't do any harm to me other than I, you know, I gave up my Sunday for it, but like, who do I care? I got to be a person that gave them their space to be themselves and then the yeah. end that's the universe saying you will be rewarded yeah, in the, some way or another the one thing i want to do is commend dylan right who's been on bud light she took a break for a while off social media but she did come back and she said you know what i have to remember the i i can't focus on the hate i have to remember the millions of people that do accept me that do love me mm -hmm. and i have to really focus on that energy and do what we need to do to come on top of this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I just really, that's really strong of her. You yeah. Know? I really admire that because, you know. That is something that is a huge, like, it's a, a big lesson for everyone is to remember that you can always go to this place of fear and this insecurity of, like, who doesn't like me? Because there's always going to be negative talk towards everyone. But remember, who are the people that do love me? Who are the people that support me? Who are the people that are there 
speaking positivity into my life, those are the ones that matter. Yeah. That's what matters most for anyone in this world. Focus on that. Find the joy. Find the love. Find the gratitude. Yep. And I love that message from her. That was a great message. Okay. Some people- Be a Marsha. Be, Be a, a Marsha. All right, friends. So our next topic is house in Virginia. And I'm not talking about mortgages. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I mean, my dues, that's for sure. I bet you do. <laughs> and we're not talking about West Virginia either. We're talking about the OG. H-I-V. Mm-hmm, look at me playing with yes. wow. acronym. Wow. So uh, we're going to hit on three different topics. And each of us, in a sense, kind of represent these. So we have allyship. Science and then experience. So, gentlemen, my sisters, who the ones would like with to... the AIDS, <laughs> <laughs> who would like to kick it off? Um, I'll kick it off. Go I um, bought my house um, in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Stupid. I had... How was the interest rate? I, uh, <laughs> it was uh, very high. No. Big, um, it was big a, down payment. It was a Should high viral load interest rate. Ooh. Um, but I was able to get it down eventually um, with meds. Anyway, so um, yeah, so I found out that I was HIV positive in 2010. I was got really sick, um, and I didn't know what was going on. And it was almost like the flu and. Yeah. You know, vomiting and all these other things that come with it. And, you know, Jesus. just felt like death. Yeah. And um, I got better and, you know, went to work and donated blood like I always did at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And now I know why they ask you those questions. Um, <laughs> and so, anyway, um, I ended up getting a call from a doctor that day when I was at work. And they said, hey, I need to meet with you. And I worked in the hospital already. So I went to go meet him on ground floor. They slid me an envelope and said, I'm so sorry, Mr. Couch, but you're HIV positive. Mm. And I just remember the world just stopped spinning and, or it was spinning very fast. And I'm just like in a still moment, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I just remember saying my life is so fucked. Um, and then they also at the time misdiagnosed me with um, hepatitis Good. B Goodness. and C. Oh my Jeez. Goodness. Right. And I was like, what? What? Are you kidding me? So then I went to the doctor and they was like, well, there's nothing we can really do. Like, it doesn't look good for you with because you have all three, right? So then they retested me again. We'll come to find out I didn't have B and C. Thank okay. God. But, yeah, I mean, Jesus, at 21, I'm like thinking, oh my God, like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm on death row. Yeah, might as well so, be in the 80s. Um, it, was, it was weird. All I remember is I kept saying I'm dirty. You know, I kept feeling dirty, like there was something in me that's attacking me. I can't explain mm-hmm. it, and I think the only people that can explain it are the people that are going through it. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't touch myself. I went to a major depression. I constantly bawled and cried at night. Um, I, you know, went on dates, and I would talk to people, and people feel like, make you feel like you're a disease. Um, they make you feel exiled. I mean, like I said before, I've been told to go commit suicide, lock myself away on an island and die off of the AIDS. I tried to hand my beer to someone at a party one time. I'm not going to get AIDS am I in front of everybody. Um, it's just, or going to a bar and, you know, meeting this guy and we're exchanging numbers and, you know, I go turn around to go back to him 
And his friends are all talking shit about me in the bar and spreading around that I have HIV. And then they all walk away with disgust, you know, and then constantly going home and feeling like I'm a disease, you know, and feeling like I'm not a person and I don't have a purpose and I'm not valued, seen and heard. Right. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I met my um, partner or my ex-partner, Jordan, um, who we were together for six and a half years. And he was the first guy that didn't treat me like a disease. Um, and he would actually hold me at night where I was like, why me? Why me? You know, when I was the victim and then, you know, little, and then all the meds, oh my God, let's talk about the meds, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're very expensive. At this time, it was really the first pill, a triplet that just came out. And that one And that mother effer, when I tell you, (laughs) it sent me down a roller coaster of... Yeah, was I undetectable and did, was it working? Yes. But I went to a major depression. I almost committed suicide. I had terrible cramps every day. If I could explain, like, I felt like I was screaming and no one could hear me and I literally was drowning, that is the way that it felt. And it was awful. And I went through that for, what, almost two and a half, three years on that yeah. med. And I finally was just like, I'm done. Like, I'm a zombie. I'm already dead. I'm already dead. Even though I'm living, I am dead. And I told, because I was going to have to owe $3,000 for 30 pills. Jeez. You weren't connected to any of the programs at that point? I wasn't aware of these programs. I wasn't. And my social worker even, she goes, finally, she figured out a way to, I mean, of course, with insurance, it was $1,500. Still, you know what I mean? For if I went outside of like, a triplet, for the a triplet, my copay was twenty dollars. That's the only thing my insurance would cover. Mm. Oh, if I would have so went out, so I was stuck with this med. That's what medicine. I'm trying to say. Yeah, okay, right? that makes sense. So then she finally, after three years, I said, "I'm done. I'm done. I want, might as well just live and yeah, actually enjoy my you life." Know? And so um, she figured out a way to cheat the system. I'm not going to say her name. Um, <laughs> and um, she found a way for me to get copay card and assistance through this other med, um, which was Strybuild. Ah, that's the one yeah. I started on was Strybuild. And when I tell you, it was like night and day. I was like, oh my God, these are my thoughts. These are my feelings. These are my, you know. But then I think that's when me and my relationship started not going so well. Because mm. he knew the broken me. He knew the down me. He didn't know this new evolved Shane that loves himself and accepts himself. And, you know, then a fire got under me and I was like, I'm going to be an advocate. I'm going to speak about this. I'm going to be open. I'm going to be positive. And, um, yeah, so me and my partner actually got these tattoos um, where they're puzzle pieces. They connect. It's a plus and a minus sign. And we use it to educate people on HIV. Um, and it's a symbol of acceptance. And the saying, magnet couple. Yeah, and saying that you can be, you know, a couple that's positive, negative, and he's, you know, and you can't pass it on because undetectable is untransmittable, and it's yeah. totally true. Um, but it's just, I feel like it's so important to be open, and so I have been told many times, which I wasn't aware, right, of me just being open about my status, that people are like, you know, Shane, you don't know this, but because of you and what you represent and you being open, I went on a date with someone that had HIV and I wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have been who you were and spoke up about it. I actually had sex with someone that had, that was undetectable because I knew the, I knew how safe it would be. And I don't think it's the part that 
they gave that person a chance. I think the part that really is rewarding is that that person that has HIV goes home not feeling like I did. Yeah. And they feel like a person and they feel that they're not a disease and they're not dirty. And that they're coming clean, Hillary Duff. <gasps> anyway, <laughs> so uh, but um, oh, no, I, I mean that song. is just the most amazing yeah. thing. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm, there's a lot more. I don't want it to be all about me, but I mean, no, that's okay. Because like, based off of your story, like uh, everyone that's uh, listening to this, you've got to know some science behind why this mm-hmm. has what's so revolutionary about this whole process. Like, even though your emotional state was all over the place because there was things that you did know and didn't know. The science behind it is really imperative so that people actually understand why it's safe to have sex with someone who's undetectable and why it's less safe to have someone who doesn't know their status. Mm -hmm. Um, So HIV, it's a virus that attaches to your white blood cells, um, your helper T cells, which communicate with your immune system to let them know when viruses and diseases are attacking your system. So basically your communicator cells are down for the count. Um, so when HIV takes over and your viral, viral load is extremely high and your T-cell count is really low, that means your immune system can't work and you end up dying from AIDS-complicated diseases. Usually like that's when you get the, uh, the lesions and you get cancers and you're more susceptible to pneumonia and all of this stuff. Like Your body just can't defend itself. So there are medications out there that have combo drugs that act that basically at every point of the replication cycle of this of the virus, it prohibits it from doing that. So attaching to the cell, inserting its RNA into the cell, and then preventing the RNA that is in your cells from splitting off and replicating altogether. There's all these different inscriptor phases and all that stuff. So when the medication is doing what it's supposed to do, it prevents the virus from spreading. You still will have a, um, a reserve of HIV in your system. You can't eradicate it altogether. But basically in your system, it becomes undetectable, which means that the viral load is so low in your system that it cannot transmit to anyone else. It's like it's sending off little bits and pieces to other people, but it can't be a full virus. It will never get to that. So I always, so I always say, and I always have this picture drawn in my head, like if you think to think about it as this HIV is in a jail cell in your body and it can't get out and it can't hurt anybody. And right. outside of that jail cell is a bunch of laser beams. And if you so forth, even try to step out, you're yeah. going to be fried. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I love you know? that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's a fun way to look at uh-huh. it. <laughs> so here's the it's other great permanent present. <laughs> yeah. 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 Sorry. I'm, I'm going on. I'm moving on with this because yeah. I'm in- inspired now. I haven't. So <laughs> just, don't just drop for, for everyone, um, for everyone out there, my history with this, the reason why I, I love this stuff is because um, I was diagnosed in 2013 and then I took it upon myself to just start learning as much as I possibly could. And then I ended up taking over an HIV nonprofit doing um, the healthcare navigation and getting people connected to resources, benefits, doctors, insurance, pharmacies, all that stuff. Uh, and then I started doing advocate work, uh, advocacy work and doing education programs to, be, to go out and do anti-stigma and um, started teaching people about what the virus actually means and what it means to be undetectable. Mm-hmm. So that when you hear this term undetectable, it means that you cannot transmit. Undetectable equals untransmittable. untransmittable. U equals U. And um, 
the reason why you are safest being with someone who is undetectable, it's not just because they can't spread the virus, it's also that they have to go to the doctor every three months to check in on all of their vitals, mm -hmm. check in on their organ functions, they have to check on their the, the virus itself, and they are catching everything that's happening to them. So any STDs, they're getting STD screenings done regularly, blood tests, they're getting cancer screenings, all of this. Anyone who is undetectable and holds that as a badge of honor, that means that they're taking care of themselves mm -hmm. in all their health. Mm -hmm. Can you say that about someone who does not know because they don't know the last time they've been to the doctor, they don't know their status, um, that are going around saying that they are negative but really don't know because when was the last time they went and got mm. checked up? So to be in a situation with someone who says they are undetectable, and it is not someone, anyone with HIV does not want to give this to other people. You have those very sick, very rare cases where someone is out of their mind and they're like going out and spreading this. But if you talk to anyone in the community that has it, they do, they want to die with it. They do not want to give this to anyone else. Then, and I know this to be true. It's a protection thing. Oh my God. I'm sorry. But like you just reminded me of something. So there was a long time ago, right? Um, there was this guy that came over and, you know, we were having a fun time. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, give me that pause blank, you know. And basically, like, being really turned on that I was pause. And yeah, I was bug like... bug chasers. I was like, please leave right now. <clears throat> like... Yeah. It was I've had, just, I've just had so people. disgusting yeah. and disrespectful to me. Definitely had people that have been like, are, are you a dirty pause? Meaning, like, am I actually positive to where yes. I can transmit... And I'm like, no, I would, I would never do that. I'm sorry, I can't do that. Uh, and then them turning me down because I wasn't a dirty pause. And I was like, okay, bye. I want nothing to do with you. That's disgusting. Or even the comments when people are like, are you clean? Oh, that one gets me too. And I'm like, yes, I washed yesterday. Thank you. Right. I, wa <laughs> I washed after the gym. I am clean. Like shower at least Thank you. Day. Anyway, yeah. sorry, I digress, but... Um, so that is kind of like a, uh, reader's digest of what HIV is today. And I mean, HIV still spreads. There are communities in this world that are, uh, on the down low, which means they don't have, they are not honest with themselves about their hookups and what they're doing and lead a very heteronormative lifestyle while underneath they are doing the, mm -hmm. the gay lifestyle or bisexual or pansexual lifestyle. And not completely up to date on their own sexual health and their screenings and mm -hmm. all that, which means that it's spreading. And if you have a wife that is <laughs> that is supposed to be faithful to you and you're there fooling around with other people and then you introduce STDs into, in, into your marriage and your wife or your, or your husband or whatever it may be, um, these are all these conversations that aren't happen happening that are perpetuating the the transmission of HIV mm -hmm. and it's basically just dishonesty when you look at it, not being aware of what's happening or culturally not being accepted. Therefore you don't do anything about it. So you just do everything on the down low. Hispanics and blacks are very much known for this because of the machismo factor type thing. It's not culturally not accepted. You don't want to be considered a queer. So yeah. I have a couple questions. Okay. Yeah. My first is for, allies how can we best show up for this segment of our community i think definitely it comes down I mean, my part right is i think when you hear stigma 
you know, that you do your best to correct it, you know, because I think that's the only way that you can help, honestly, is by, you know, saying, hey, actually, were you aware, you know, I have a friend and these were my thoughts at first back in the day, but after getting to know him, I actually learned a lot. Would you mind being educated at this moment? You know what I mean? And kind of just having that conversation, I definitely would never, ever want someone to come from a place of hate or an emotional state when they're trying to educate someone because, you know, some people are ignorant, but they don't mean to be, they really don't, you know, they just only know what they know and they only base things off of what they seen and heard. So you have to come at a place of saying, look, I I forgive you, but let me correct you. You know, you you can't resolve anything, but hate versus hate. It has to be compassion. Absolutely. Um, and I would say not necessarily that you would need, need to go like to prove that you are an ally for us or anything that you need to go on prep, which prep is pre-exposure prophylaxis, which is a one a day pill that you can take so that you are protecting your T cells from getting any, if you are negative from getting the introduction of the virus into your system, it's a protective pill that you take so that you do not uh, not transmit what is contract HIV. Mm-hmm. Anyways, and they are not a sponsor. To no, be clear, <laughs> no, no, no. That's why I did not say. I didn't say what brand. I just said prep. Um, <laughs> but um, to know about it is is a like knowing edu- or being educated in what prep is and knowing about uh, what a magnet couple is or what undetectable means. That speaks volumes, knowing that you actually took the time to educate yourself. It does. And that makes us feel more comfortable. Another thing that I like, I mean, this is just me though, but if you're comfortable, if I've had a conversation with you and I feel comfortable around you, I love making jokes about HIV and calling it AIDS because it's easier. It's only one syllable versus three, blah, blah, blah. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. Wow. Like, I, I go there because I want to. I want to show you that it's okay to make fun of it or make be light about it and lighthearted. And it's okay to do that. If someone invites you into that inner circle, like go with it. Don't be offended. Don't be like, Oh my God, I can't, I can't say that. Like, no, just go and roll with the punches type thing and have fun based on it. Don't make it something super sensitive. Well, I, I find it's the same with anything, right? I feel like when you're trying to force something down someone's throat, like religion, right? Right. I'm not going to really hear anything you have to say. Being right? offended for me but, because I'm making jokes about myself yeah. goes way too far. I know, like, but what I'm saying is that, but by me just being me and I, I, um, I, I express myself by action, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. me just being me, mm-hmm. that makes way more of a statement than yeah. me telling you straight up what you should feel and how you should feel. So I did want to thank both of you for the courage to talk about your experience and thank provide you. that awareness to people because much in, you know, our previous conversation, hot topics, humanizing, right, HIV mm-hmm. is what teaches people things, right? Like back in the day when I was in my early 20s, I um, certainly had moments where I was not aware and uneducated and I'm sure I made the same mistakes that you all talked about and relationships and interactions with people and over time I got more comfortable with myself but others as well and um certainly become a better 
ally. And to the point where status is not something that I ever even think about. I forget that I have friends who are HIV positive, um, which really, I mean... That's what, a good thing. That's, yeah, that's, that's what normalizing. society. But my question for you, though, is if you could go back and tell yourself one thing in that moment where you experienced finding out you were positive, what would it be? I'm going to let you go first on that one. Okay. I need time to yeah. let it uh, settle in settle there. In. That's a great question. I might as well be Oprah. Um, and, yeah. That, yeah, God, I'm just like lit up all over. I've got like chills all over my body right now. So this is a great question. Um, what I would tell myself is get ready because you're about to become the best version of yourself. Oh, I like that. Okay. Yeah, I would kind of roll back on that and say, you know, this isn't the end. Actually, you're going to be reborn. Yeah. And this is something that is happening because you are the person strong enough to deal with it. And the universe, God, knows that you are going to take this and you are going to help thousands of people go through this and help them see it in a different light by you going through struggle. Sometimes it takes one to save thousands. And I think that I would never, ever, ever, if someone could tell me, if you went back and couldn't have HIV, I'd say forget about it. Like, it has made me in who I am. It is the very being of what I represent. I get to help strangers that I don't even know by being me live their true self. And they feel loved. And they get to look in the mirror and say, I'm not dirty. And that is so important to me. So I would say, yeah, I would tell myself, you are going to be reborn. And you are going to be amazed at the things that you're going to do. So I, I, um, the, when they mentioned like the cure and finding the cure, um, I almost kind of get scared because I'm like, I don't know that I want to be cured in a way. Like this has brought so much value into my life and there's been so much purpose behind what I've done in the last 10 years that I've had it. Like if there was a cure, I'm, I'd almost be kind of sad and lost in a way. Like that's a part of me that did so much brought so much to my life it's weird i know, I know because like I know. obviously I you want to be mean. cured like you don't no, I know. you don't want to have to take a pill a day you don't want to ha- or take a shot every month or whatever it may be like that the idea is to be healthy always without putting as much into your body but the message and the meaning that i got from this and my mm-hmm. value like i wouldn't have received that i would i don't know where i would be to this day if de- i didn't get it a defining and awakening yeah, a moment in your life. I was so I I was far closer to my spiritual alignment the day that I was diagnosed than I was the day before. I love it. Yeah, yeah, and I I know I know what you mean though. But, I know it's weird to I say. Mean, it I'll never obviously cures would be but amazing. I'll never forget what I went through. You know, like Fabrizio, I will never forget. I will never you. forget. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I like that. All right. Yeah. Well, I have one last question for absolutely. you. Yes. Uh, because our ally over here, mm-hmm. um, what is an experience that you've had with HIV that left you feeling more empowered or woke? I, I mean, I hate that term, but yeah, woke. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, well, okay. So some, some history. Um, the first time I ever knew anyone 
who um, knew someone who was HIV positive was a friend in high school. She had a cousin that came to stay with them and she explained to me how her mother cleaned after yeah, the cousin left um, yeah. and threw away sheets, etc. And Wow. Yeah. Yep. And that was really my first <clears throat> moment in, you know, this experience of hearing about it. And, and um, obviously that set a tone for me going into college and still finding myself about HIV and AIDS in our community. And then I met someone who actually had HIV in college, who became a very good friend of mine, who mm. fortunately utilized their experiences to educate me and teach me. Awesome. You know, right. And I think that probably is the most two defining pieces of it and how dichotomous the two are. Yeah. Um, so when I said I've definitely been there, was uneducated and unaware, that's where, where I'm talking about. So... Well, I appreciate But you. folks like you, yeah. good friends who are courageous enough to share their experiences and their stories and their thoughts, I mean, it's extremely beneficial. And I don't know if you all know how much it really impacts others. I know you talked about it, but it really, really does. It's, mm. it's invaluable. So thank you for that. It's very much appreciated. Mm. Yeah, and, you know, for the listeners out there, too, like, if you listen to this and maybe you're just finding out that you're HIV positive or maybe you're an ally and you come across it or whatever it is, you know, just know that you're accepted and life's not over. Like, don't go rack up your credit cards and, you know, yeah. do all these rational things. You know, um, you have support. There are resources. And, you know, even when this podcast is done, if you want to reach out to, you know, my Facebook, Shane Couch, if you want to reach out to the podcast on our Instagram, whatever it is, you know. The you, Petri Dish Live 2020, whatever, okay. I have, whatever the hell it is. Yeah, but. <laughs> the Petri Dish 2020, that's, my, that, that's it, that's fine. But um, you have support <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's, it's just beginning. It's a reborn moment and, you know. Yeah, that is one thing that is very true is there are tons of resources available, tons. You should not be paying for anything, honestly, especially if you're under a certain level of income. And that's like a high high uh, limit, like 55, 60,000. Mm -hmm. You should not be paying for stuff. So if that scares you, that is a stigma that needs to go away. There are tons of things out there. Please reach out. I used to do that for a living. So I've got tons of resources available if anyone needs that. Um, all right, let's, well, I think those are our final thoughts. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, Shane, Chris, I know that I speak for everyone when we say thank you. We're very grateful for you sharing your experience and your knowledge and talking about science and, and thank um, you for giving our ally, friend. yes, giving allies a space, um, to talk about it as well. So very much appreciated. Well, love you both you. sisters. I love you sisters. I love you sisters. <laughs> Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. Um, we are making the commitment as working men to do a, a release of an episode every two weeks. So if you liked what you heard and you enjoyed all of our in-depth and fun laughs, 
Um, please come back in two weeks from now with our next episode of Mr. Sisters. Yes, and please, if you do love this, right, keep it going. Share with your friends. Subscribe on Spotify, on Anchor, on Facebook, on Insta, anywhere you can. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. And um, Clint? Yeah, be sure to connect with us. We are on Instagram at Mr.SisterPodcast. Um, come by, give us some love, a follow, and continue to listen. 